Welcome to Fresh from the Field Fridays by the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on supply trends, category updates, brand awareness, and what's hot in the market. Join us each week from San Francisco Bay, California, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Dan, the Produce Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Fresh from the Field Fridays on this lovely, lovely Friday in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm Dan, the Produce Man, and today's Fresh from the Field Fridays is brought to you by the Produce Industry Podcast and sponsored by Buck Naked Onions, Equifruit, the only banana you should buy. Sunrays, the snack with impact, and Dole Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Company. Yes, folks, I tell you, it's springtime, and what does spring say? You've heard me talk about it for the past couple of weeks, and asparagus. Usually asparagus and artichokes are on my mind and on my table this time of the year, and we have got special guests for you here from... (laughs) From Victoria Island and Sabbatical California Spirits, Jack Zeck and Daniel Leonard join us today. And, you know, it's funny. What does asparagus and, say, really good bourbon have to do with each other, folks? Well, we're going to find out, so don't go away. Jack, Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here, Dan. Well, let's start out with the asparagus. Victoria Island Asparagus, a legendary label from the Delta for decades upon decades upon decades. And it's just not something we can get in the stores anymore. So first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about Victoria Island and the asparagus, years of asparagus and what's happening now. Thanks, Dan. Uh, I'm Jack. I'm fourth generation farmer on uh, Victoria Island at Victoria Island Farms. We started growing asparagus here in the around 1982. By the time I was a kid in the late 80s, early 90s, um, we were up to three, 4,000 acres. And it was one of the biggest crops in, in the Delta, perfect climate for it. And uh, the peat soil in the Delta was perfect, really made some amazing asparagus. As South America, Latin America kind of um, figured out how to grow it themselves, competition was pretty tough. Asparagus is one of the crops that is still planted and harvested entirely by hand. So for our uh, our crews at Victoria Island, we had 12 50-man crews that would be um, working like 24 hours a day trying to get the asparagus crop off. Can't take a day off or else you will uh, kind of mess up the crop for the rest of the season because it grows back. So that's why you don't see any asparagus anymore. Too expensive to do it. Too much labor. We're bringing it back in a small way as part of our farm stand that we've kind of evolved into. But yeah, we're sad to see it go and happy to see it back. Yeah, uh, sad to see the commercial production gone because it was a favorite at my store when I had it. But yes, like you say, it's great to have it back because when I stopped by there, it was last week or the week before, and picked up some asparagus. You know, look, Mexico flooded us with their asparagus. As you said, you just can't compete with that. And I think our Salinas guys threw in the towel a few years ago as well. But there is nothing like fresh-picked California asparagus. There's a vast difference in the flavor and the texture. It can't be explained unless you experience it yourself. The sweetness, the flavor, the whole bit. There are a handful of organic growers out there still doing it for commercial production like Durst, but that's it. 
the rest is out of Mexico, and then the rest of the year, Peru. So, folks, if you want to get some really good asparagus and you live in the area, I would encourage you to stop by Victoria Island's stand and get some good grass, as we say in the produce industry. <laughs> now, it's, now, grass is referred to asparagus, folks. It's not referred to as uh, anything else. So your asparagus harvest for the stand will go approximately until when? It'll probably be going for about a week after this um, after this air. So we should be going through around the third week in April, fourth week if we're real lucky and the weather uh, holds up nicely for us. Okay. We need some warmth. Yeah, well, I think that's going to happen. I, I saw the weather report. We're supposed to warm up a little bit, so... Hopefully that will happen for you. And then there's an asparagus festival. I just saw the billboard. I was out in Manteca the other day. Was it Manteca or Stockton? Saw a big billboard for the asparagus festival. How many growers do you think, or is that even something you know about? How many growers do you think, or are there any local growers involved in that? at all. No, I don't believe there are any. Okay, well there we go. Where it's kind of like when I first bought my store, I was very excited to go out to Slatton Ranch and pick up nuts. They grew a lot of nuts and they processed them and you could get them <laughs> ready to roll. And I was on my way to another farm to pick up corn and I said I think I'll stop by Slatton Ranch. And on my way there an ad came on the radio for Safeway at Slatton Ranch Shopping Center. And I said, oh, no, no, please. And, of course, I went by there, and it was all developed over, and it was a real bummer. So I guess the Asparagus Festival is, um, well, I guess it's just what it is. I'll, I'll go check it out anyway. All right, so you've got all this land. The asparagus crop is tough. The market is tough. So what do you do with it? What do you do with this land? What have you done with it? We've done a lot of things. I mean, the um, the options became more limited and we had to get more creative when an abundance of labor just kind of went away, when we were no longer able to kind of compete with anything that needed to be kind of hand harvested that was also a commodity. So we needed to find things that one, could only be grown here, two, that could be harvested mechanically or with limited labor, or three, that were specialized and had value added. So as we exited asparagus, we went into a, a lot of processor tomatoes, which was good. And we've decreased that quite a bit more recently in favor of almonds, which we're up to about 2,000 acres of at this moment. And then we continue to do blueberries, which are now all machine harvested. And as you know, we uh, are using some of the grains that we grow on the island and creating value by turning them into whiskey and other spirits from uh, other produce on the farm. There you go, folks. From asparagus to whiskey. I bought a bottle of your bourbon and had it with a nice La Flor Dominicana Maduro cigar over the weekend. And it was a perfect pairing. It's really good stuff. So why don't you tell us about sabbatical? Why did you name it sabbatical? I'll let Dan take that one. Well, there's, there's a few different you know meanings around the, the, the idea of sabbatical, but one of them being that word does have its roots in agriculture, right? So in, initially the meaning of that word was once every seven years for a mandate, mandate for farmers to let their crops rest and, and go back closer to a fallow state and you go do something else with, with the fields during that time or, or for other fields and 
uh, take a break, learn something new, do something new. And we really liked how that concept applied to what we were trying to do here on Victoria Island, which was build this distillery in what was formerly the asparagus processing facility shed. Uh, you know, that's kind of the genesis of our whole story here with being able to start our distillery. But um, we thought of it as a nice connection to, you know, we look at these farm grown ingredients and they they leave the fields, take a break from from that part of their life cycle, let's say, their journey. Uh, come into our distillery where we mill them, process them, depending on which ingredients we're talking about, cook them, ferment them, barrel age them, and, you know, they become something new. And so it's a nice kind of connection on the term. We we always have liked the concept of learning new things, doing new things. That's sort of our own personal stories as we've done a lot of different things in our in our careers and backgrounds before we landed here. Um, even Jack, who grew up here and it's his family's farm, he left and came back. And the other nice connection to it was we both left the corporate world to start this business and this distillery and this this sort of passion project. And uh, one of the ways we were able to do that, uh, particularly in Jack's case, but I'll let him talk about the, the sort of real personal connection there, but was to take a sabbatical from you know what our respective corporate lives were like to really get this going, do the research, do the work on the ground, um, return to the farm and um, and start up this new project. And then we didn't necessarily go back from those sabbaticals afterwards. So there's a lot of different reasons. We, we've always liked the concept, but that's it. It's a, you know, a kind of important connection here is that the, the opportunity for us to, to even build this distillery in the first place was connected to what you were talking about with asparagus because they stopped growing here on Victoria Island. We, we had this facility here that was not really um, being used the way it used to. So we liked the idea of being able to repurpose it, renovate it, turn it into a, a modern distillery where we can take our farm grown ingredients, create something new with them and offer them to the public, bring them out to experience that grain to glass or farm to bottle, whatever terms you want to use process, understand how that works and how important your local agriculture is, and then have a value-added product. And, and we look at it as, um, you know, if we can get this going right, there's a lot of great history and tradition of farmers in the area that there, there's room for more people to do interesting things and, and think of new ways to, um, to to take those that farm quality and experience and, and offer new both products and experiences in our case, or as you saw when you came out here, we like to invite people into that process as much as possible. So what what did you do with Daniel? Did you just get together with Jack and say, "Hey, let's make whiskey. Let's uh let's take the farm and grow <laughs> grow the crops to make whiskey." I mean, how, how did that idea come about? Or is this all probably always obviously it was must have been a passion of yours prior. Yeah, it's a, it's a much longer, you know, sort of um trajectory than that. The it all started Jack and I went to college together down in at UC San Diego. We had always talked about, uh, you know, knowing the incredible resource that Jack grew up with and his family has here, this 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 farm in a unique location. And we'd always talked about, yeah, maybe one day well, we can create something there that kind of achieves what we're discussing here. And the shape of what that was uh, changed over time. We also both realized at the time that we first started talking about it that we had just come out of college and we didn't know anything about anything. So it was probably better to, um, you know, <laughs> learn some things and do some things uh, before, before we got there. And some hands on, huh? Yes. Yeah. Whatever that may be. Right. Um, and Jack, and yeah, there's, there's a good sort of family, what would you call it? Mandate uh, that from Jack's side of things that I think is, is important and relates to this about, 
going and doing something else before you come back to the family farm. And I'll, I'll let you jump in from there. But yeah, we, you know, we talked about it and did our own things separately and then kind of came back to this idea after, you know, a decade or however long it was in the corporate world. And we were both ready to return to this idea, both ready to try to create our own business product experience the you know first and foremost the opportunity here with farm was open to exploring this idea we had a personal interest and passion in in spirits at that time had spent kind of started as a you know us individually starting to go to on distillery tours and realizing this is really interesting to me realizing there's an interesting market here with whiskey which we loved and had you know had some um, connection to in terms of just our networks at the time and, and started learning that way but you know it was a lot of learning a lot of slowly building up our knowledge bringing in people who knew how to do the things that we didn't do but yeah i tell you what we're going to hear from our sponsors fixes audio and then we'll be right back Welcome to Equifruit, an importer and marketer of fresh bananas. Equifruit is committed to 100% fair trade, which means no crummy wages, super safe working conditions, and nothing but love for the ladies. Driving innovation through impossible to ignore merchandising, Equifruit is the only banana you should buy. Everyone, we have an APP out on a buck naked onion. This onion is produced by Owyhee Produce, so we have to be on the lookout. Whether you're a retailer, food service distributor, or a wholesaler, this onion is whole, it's hearted, and it's buck naked, everyone. To all you civilians out there, please, let's catch this buck naked onion. All right, folks, welcome back to Fresh from the Field Fridays. Dan, the produce man here with you, along with Daniel Leonard and Jack Zeck from Sabbatical California Spirits and Victoria Island Asparagus and Blueberries. And before we took a break, it started the connection started breaking up a little bit, but we were talking about how you two came upon this, how you decided to do whiskey and spirits. And it's not just whiskey. It's Amaro and uh, some blueberry vodka and gin. Gin, that's right. Gin. My goodness. So, hey, man, look, when the, when you can't grow the crop for profit anymore, what do you do? You do something else. You didn't let this stop you. And as you said, you were in the corporate world and you got out. I've been in and out of the corporate world all my working life. And the most freeing feeling is when I'm out. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> doing my own thing, which is what you guys are doing. So. Anyway, uh, why don't we get back into how you guys uh, formed this sabbatical California spirits, farm fresh spirits, I gotta say. Yeah, so it was around 2017. I was, Danny and I both lived in New York. I was getting ready to move from New York to Tokyo. I had got a new assignment at the company I'd been working at since right after college. I got a letter from my grandfather who was still farming. He would have been 92 or 93 at that time. And uh, nice. and he kind of broke down 
why they got out of asparagus, what he was moving towards and the decisions that he'd been making and why and what what his kind of vision was for the future, not with any command uh, or call to action on my part, more like FYI, this is like, uh, you know, a family, this is going to be yours one day. And this is, you know, what's going on. That was the, the impetus for the first sabbatical, why I really pushed on my employer to let me take uh, what was a three-month break in between job assignments while I was moving from New York to Tokyo to go work with him. I felt like I could, you know, never uh, forgive myself if I didn't go hang out with him and learn as much as I could while he was still with us. At the same time, Dan and I had been talking about doing something. We'd been interested in spirits as consumers, mostly in whiskey, and we'd both in individually visited some distilleries and really enjoyed the process and the experience. Me, the, the first uh, distillery I went to was in, in Western Osaka in 2012. Danny's was in upstate New York. That's right, yeah, on Hudson H- Valley. In the Hudson Valley. Ah, the Hudson Valley, huh? That's uh, apple country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You were probably yeah, apple picking. I spent a good amount of time apple picking up there as well. It's kind of obligatory when you live in that part of the country. Every fall, sure. you have to check it off the list. <laughs> <laughs> Great place. Um, yeah, so, so once I got permission to take my sabbatical and went home, Danny and I had already been talking about the concept of doing the distillery while I took that time. And while I was learning from my grandfather, spending time with my family, the farmers out here, kind of doing more research on the idea of a distillery, getting to know the space, because we, you know, we were talking about using the old asparagus shed, but I hadn't worked in there since high school. So just seeing the condition it was in, learning from scratch about the uh, actual mechanics of what needed to happen and how everything works. We figured out that, you know, this could work. Then Danny took was able to take a sabbatical and came out. I think he had a, a business trip or two, and then a longer sabbatical came out. And neither of us uh, returned to our real jobs because um, <laughs> you know, we uh, we felt good that we were, we were going to make it happen. And, and the family was supportive who, you know, owned the land and the building and helped us in setting up a new company and, and just getting started. And um, it takes a long time to age whiskey. It takes a long time to build a whiskey distillery with permits being the most complicated part of yeah, building okay. a hazardous sure. facility. Yeah. It was good that all of our investors or mo- most of the investors were family members who are also farmers. They're used to these long lead times, things taking a long time and things uh, costing more than you expect. When you grow pistachios, it takes seven years before you get your first nut on a tree. So the fact that it took us, whatever, five or six years to get started with a distillery, uh, nobody nobody seemed to care that much. Beautiful. <laughs> so it's great. And we never really uh, slowed down from there. Okay, so your your items are bourbon, 100 proof. Okay, why don't you go through the items? Because uh, the only one I picked up was the bourbon. I tried all of them, but um, yeah. the bourbon is what I bought just to accompany my cigars, so. Well, you know, like I said, like I told you at the at the place, I don't drink it like you see in the cowboy movies where they're just chugging it. I like to sip it and enjoy it, and, and I don't like to get drunk, so um, it's not not something I do anymore. But to drink yeah. these spirits, you know, as enjoyment, which is probably what they're meant for more than anything. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, what, what else do we have? We've got we got a hundred proof bourbon. Yeah, we've got quite a few now already. It's only been open a couple of years. We've already had some that we've sold out of in small batches and don't have at the moment, and we're, we're building all the time. But um, yeah, one first and foremost, the idea behind our spirits is for enjoyment, as you said. I'm not sure what the other uses are out there. I'm hoping that people are enjoying them when <laughs> <Right. laughs> they pick them up. But. Uh, responsibly enjoying them. But yeah, so we so whiskey was always our, our primary focus when we got started. That was our, our, our big interest lie. That's where we also thought was an opportunity for to do something different as a craft spirits producer that didn't quite exist on the market that people would be interested in. And, you know, over time, more and more people are, are getting really into in, interested in whiskey and the nuances and the craft that goes into it in a way that hasn't existed in the past. So we were excited about all those things. So, yeah, we started with uh, the idea of whiskey. Uh, and then, you know, like we talked about before, corn being uh, one of the uh, ingredients that we already were growing on the island and we made our own picked our own variety for the whiskey, barley, a crop that we can grow on the island, and we're planting to have the estate barley soon. So that was sort of the genesis. And within that, we do a bourbon recipe, like you mentioned. We do a few different single malt whiskey recipes that uh, those are 100% barley, whereas as opposed to bourbon, which is mostly corn. And so our first idea with our whiskey was our blended whiskey, which is a combination of basically all those different mash fills that we age separately blend together after the maturation in American oak. And that's what we call our table blend. So that's the combination of our bourbon and our malt whiskeys. So that's that's one of our perennial products, along with that straight bourbon that you mentioned at 100 proof. And then we've done quite a bit of smaller batch production and releases on what we call barrel finished or cash cask finished whiskeys. So at the moment, we have a cognac cask finished version of our blended whiskey, which is very nice. Ooh, um, okay. Won a um, gold medal last year at San Francisco World Spirits for that one. And then a pork cask finished uh, version of our bourbon whiskey. And our newest whiskey expression is a um, 100% American single malt whiskey. So now all barley aged in new American oak and then finished in a French oak cask. So that's what we have at the moment, but we do you know, we, we have our our two core whiskeys that we mentioned, and those we will always have, and you can expect them to, you know, to be there. And then we do a lot of smaller batch production where we uh, do them in, in single barrel sizes or we are experimenting. So that's our whiskey side of things. Our next product that we really wanted to perfect was our gin. So we do a gin with 13 different botanicals, many grown here on our island, including a little bit of our uh, fresh blueberry crop is used for that. And our next, you know, now permanent product is very much a farm-grown product, and that is our blueberry lemon-flavored vodka. So uh, I think we'll talk a bit more, and, and Jack mentioned before, with blueberries being a big crop here on Victoria Island, we have a lot of fans of that in the area, of just the blueberries themselves. And we were, we've done a few different expressions now with the fresh blueberries, but we're pretty happy with how this, um, this, this naturally-flavored with real fruit vodka has turned out. And then finally, our current Harvest Series product, which is part of what we do seasonally in, in, in one-off releases, is tied to the season we're in right now, and that is our Island Amaro, which is a bitter spirit, really used for cocktails, but it used, the bitter element of that product was the roots of the asparagus, which is where we are now enjoying the harvest from. So really kind of trying to use every, every part of the delicious farm-grown produce that we have here in new and unique ways. And so what we're always doing. Let me ask you this. Are any of these products available in stores 
or online or well i guess online is kind of hard to sell alcohol uh, or is it all uh, uh, only yeah. available at the farm yes they are uh, a, a good percentage of them now are available in stores we're in some of the major retailers uh, ah, great and if you go to our website drinksabatical.com we have actually have a map that shows all of the locations besides our distillery where you can buy them so that that kind of will find, help you find them locally and then we do actually within california you can order our spirits online and we can ship them so oh, you, you don't have okay. to come out here and that is all of our products some of those limited releases i mentioned we only sell directly so that's either coming here to the distillery or buying them from our website but the rest of them are, are in retailers bars restaurants throughout northern california right now and we're you know hope to expand that over time fantastic sabbatical california spirits folks <laughs> you can't go wrong that's for sure and uh, and if you go to the farm this time of the year, you can get asparagus along with your whiskey or your vodka or your gin or your Amaro. I mean, what a treat, you know, you, you get b- both in, in one trip. Now, uh, let me ask you about the blueberries, because blueberries are coming up and... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another, you know, I used to get those, the clamshells and the whole bit or packages of some sort of Victoria Island blueberries, but those are no longer available for commercial production either. Correct. That's all done at the farm. We are still doing commercial production of blueberries, although it is smaller than it used to be for us. But yeah, our biggest customer is still Costco and we'll, we'll be in most of the other grocery chains for most of June, probably through 4th of July starting late May. Okay. Well, that's good. That's great. Okay. So that's, uh, and that's got to be a laborious uh, harvest. Oh, you said it was a machine harvest though, right? The blueberries? Yeah. We switched to all machine harvest in um, 2022. The technology on the machines has finally gotten so advanced that the quality was higher than hand hand harvested. And also I think the pandemic kind of changed people's mindset and a lot of people would prefer something that hadn't been touched by human hands rather than something that was hand-picked. Sure. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And uh, as I drove by the different parts of the area, is that the, those amber plants that are out there? That's right. Those are the blueberry plants. What the specific variety, obviously a variety specific to the area. Yeah, we have eight or nine different varieties of, okay. uh, of high and low bush blueberries. Some of them turn that red color during the winter and so many people stop to uh, ask what those bushes are and <laughs> a lot of times don't believe us when we say when we say what they are well they're blueberries on orange plants folks there you go how's that sound right. the you pick for blueberries is going to open next month you said so people want to get your blueberries your berries. why don't we why don't you tell everyone where you're located so that folks can come by on the weekends or during the week like I did and uh, yeah. get some spirits, do some you pick blueberries, do some grass while it's asparagus while it's available. Great. Yeah. So we are we're just uh, 12 miles west of Stockton on Highway 4 or what is it? Three miles east of Discovery Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, we are an island, one of the islands in the uh, Sacramento San Joaquin Delta. So we just have one bridge on and one bridge off, and Highway 4 is the place to find us. There you go, folks. Big, big signs out there, too. Asparagus is back. and uh, Yeah. Yep. And you can yeah. always go to Google Maps and type in sabbatical distillery or Victoria Allen Farms, and that'll, that'll show you right to get where to get to our buildings there. 
Yeah, piece of cake. It's not surrounded by a large body of water, folks, where you would have to cross this long bridge. It's the delta, the levees, I guess, out there, the uh, canals all through the delta. And I guess your area, as I was reading on your website, goes back uh, 40 million years. <laughs> uh, you read about the, uh, the impact crater, huh? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. There's a lot of natural gas out in the delta, former, you know, seabed. And someone had a lease looking for natural gas in the early 2000s out here and discovered what looked like some kind of an impact uh, crater way down below our island, several miles below. And then um, they were interested enough in it to do a research project and found that, I guess they got enough evidence to, to believe that it was uh, an impact structure about the size and shape of Victoria Island. Um, that crashed wow. like 40 million years ago. Yeah, you kind of said everything important when you introduced it. <laughs> and you're growing right on top of it. That's you can't go wrong with that. That's beautiful. So. Yeah, yeah. So our farm was actually founded 40 million years ago, which uh -huh. I believe makes it one of the older farms in California. Yeah, I, I guess so. That's right. I mean, <laughs> for, formed from space. I mean, you can't go wrong. Well, guys, I really appreciate you joining me today on Fresh from the Field Fridays. It's a very interesting story. And congratulations to you guys. You've done something. You know, a lot of growers throw in the towel and maybe they'll do something else or they build condos or whatever else it is. And you guys have taken a really good turn and with uh, an excellent, excellent line of products. So congratulations to you. And I sure appreciate you joining me today on Fresh from the Field Fridays. Well, thank you, Dan. Um, you know, a big part of what we do is try to promote, you know, what farmers do in the valley, in the Delta. And I think this podcast is an awesome way for you to be educating people about where their food comes from and what they can do to uh, make sure, you know, it remains grown locally. Oh, absolutely. You can't beat it. One of my favorite uh, uh, things to do when I had my store was to go directly to farms and pick stuff up. So, and I love to bring it back and put it on display saying fresh pick today, you know, and then tell my customers, Hey man, the grocery chains can't do this. They can't get a call from a grower said, Hey, we're going to harvest, come on out and get some stuff and go out there in a pickup truck and pick it up and bring it back to the store. They can't do that. The systems don't allow for it. But on a small scale like me, I, I could do it. I loved every minute of it. So <laughs> that's awesome. But we'll be coming back out during the blueberry you pick. Check it out. And yeah. thanks again for joining us today. Yeah. Fresh from the field. Yeah, thank you, hey, folks, don't forget to tune into the Produce Industry Podcast every Monday with Patrick Kelly, as well as the Produce Industry Show on YouTube and the Produce Industry app. It's a great resource. Download that now on your phone, on your tablet, on your smartwatch, or wherever else you can download apps to. And don't forget to check out my YouTube and Rumble channels called Dan the Produce Man and all my social media, which, folks, I'm just growing weary of, but I put it out there once in a while, can be found at DanTheProduceMan.com. Until next week, this is Dan the Produce Man reminding you that it's always best when you get it fresh. You've been listening to Fresh from the Field Fridays with Dan the Produce Man. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast and at Dan the Produce Man. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.